Hey everybody, welcome to Trash Mac. I'm Rob. I'm Coach. I'm Lizelle. And we had a little bit of an uh, uh, unintentional hiatus for a couple weeks. And in that couple weeks, like 10 races happened. <laughs> Only three. <laughs> but we'll be here to cover all of them. How you guys doing? How's your NASCAR life treating you? Oh, doing great. Not bad. Yeah. Regular life is kind of, you know... Uh, running me through a grinder, but uh, NASCAR life is pretty good. I think that's the same for all of us. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's everybody. All right. So we're going to back up all the way back to the first race of the Dover weekend. Now, my NASCAR life wasn't great on this one because Lizelle's pick like came in second <laughs> and his driver came in first. And uh, he was talking smack all up and down the weekend. That was uh, Hamlin. He earned it, right? He's, uh-huh. He had some problems. He methodically came through the field. He hunted down Truex Jr. Rob, I'm glad you remember it. <sighs> yep. So Dover 2, <laughs> the second race of that weekend. Kevin Harvick won, which was funny because we made a point that day that we nobody picked Johnson and nobody picked Harvick for mm-hmm. Dover. Um, so of course Harvick ended up winning, and I think Johnson. No, Johnson didn't do good. He never does well. But or was that the one? No, he, he did okay. He, he, he did okay. okay. Yeah, he jumped okay. over Byron for that week, right? Yep. Yep. That race was interesting-ish because it wasn't. It wasn't as fun as the first one. Harvick kind of ran away with this. He led all day. There was really no question he was going to win at the end, if I remember correctly. The race, the thing that we were watching was Byron versus Johnson. And they were running close together and they were running similarly. Byron had a just abysmal day uh, the day before, right? Him checking out, just screaming and cussing at each other on the radio. And then they came back the next day and did a little bit better, and they were in this playoff run. So everybody was talking about how great that was, um, and it seemed fun at the time. But really, it didn't matter because it was still one more race before the playoffs. Yep. Uh, do Do we have anything else to say about Dover before we move on to the the one more race in the, before the playoffs? Um, I thought that was actually a pretty good race weekend. I mean, considering, I mean, everybody's trying to get in, and you know, watching Kyle Busch fail was obviously classic, but. Oh, right. <laughs> that's always a treat. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. And he 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 messed a lot of things up the next race. Yes, he did. And that was fun. But before we get to there, I wanted to talk about um just Dover in general it tends to be one of those tracks that uh sort of oversells, always overhypes. Always. They always talk about the monster mile, they always talk the wrecks are big, they they you slide down and you block the whole track, and really that doesn't happen a lot. It's it's a tough track to drive, but there's not a lot of close fender banging, uh, that kind of stuff going on. And, and so almost every race that I remember watching at Dover since the start, my start of my NASCAR life, um, they've all been pretty, most of them had long green flag runs and tend to stretch out. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. They end up with like eight cars in the lead lap. Yeah. We were talking about that during the race. I'm like, I thought this race was good. And you're like, no, they just have good marketing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know, I was expecting more tempers to happen at this track, but they actually didn't. You know, I mean, if you crashed out, I guess you just kind of crashed out and that was it. And there I mean, wasn't heck, a lot Kurt, of crashing out. Well, Kurt Bush crashed out and you never heard from him again. Yeah. Well, he was crashed out on like the first, on what, lap eight or something like that. And then nobody ever 
talked about him or to him again. And no surprise there. So before we get to um, Daytona, yeah, you know, I know a week or two ago, I was bashing Jimmy Johnson pretty badly, and I'll just apologize for that. What? And I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize for one reason. Uh huh. I heard I heard his condolence speech with not making the playoffs last week, and he was a total gentleman about it. And that's his teammate, and um, and I felt bad for him for not making it. You know, as being, you know, a guy who's won the championship so many times, this is his technically last season. But um, the fact that he was able to be such a good sport about all of it, you know, I tip my hat to him. Wow. That's the way he's always been. There's nothing. There is nothing wrong with the statement you just made, Lizelle. Uh, Yes, we can all be. That's the nicest thing I could say. (laughs) Well, don't expect okay. it again. I'm just saying. This time. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I seem uh-huh. to have heard that don't expect it again a couple times on this podcast. But anywho. Anyway, speaking of Daytona and him not <laughs> making it, I was laughing my butt off. <laughs> and all these <laughs> crashes started happening. I mean, we spent two weeks talking about how close these guys were running, the parody, and one's going to be in, and one's going to go out, and the team, all of a sudden. And then the wreck happens. And I just lost it. I just see that 48 car smashed all the crap. And I'm like, (laughs) I couldn't stop laughing. And then different things just kept happening and happening and happening as that race went on. Oh, that must have been when I was texting you to tell you to stop laughing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I couldn't. I couldn't. Wow. And Uh, you know what? That that was an epic crash. That crash was was like, oh my God, it took out so many people. Yeah. And... I was just watching it. I was watching that race as a Jimmy Johnson. I was pulling for him to make make the championships one more time. You know, sentimental favorite and all that. But I saw that car spinning, and then uh, Kenseth, I think, got turned into him, and I just saw that happening in slow motion. It was just a big old, no! It started with the and... Bush brothers crashing each other. <laughs> Wait, was it Reddick? Was it Reddick on the bottom who like came yes. up and tagged one Bush brother into the other Bush brother and then kept on going? He's like, whatever. Oh, yep. it was so great. Yeah, I don't know if that was that wreck or uh, there were two wrecks like that, but I th- right. the definitely the Reddick uh, pulled up to block Kyle Bush in the top lane and he just uh, didn't have room. It wasn't clear. And uh, Ryan Newman had some salty things to say for whatever oh, reason. That but, was uh, great. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. What happened to the Bush boys this year? I mean, she's Louise. Yeah, you're right. Probably karma. <laughs> Did either of them make it into the playoffs? Both, I think. Yeah. With the, with the seasons they had? Yeah. They crashed like almost every race, it feels like. <laughs> well, you know who crashed more than they did? Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> 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 Uh, so I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure Chad Canals is pretty happy right about now. Uh, mm-hmm. He is. So, what else did we like about this uh, Daytona race? It seemed like for me that there wasn't too much of this. Everybody's laying back and single filing it. It seemed like everyone was kind of kind of jockeying position. I really like the fact that um, they were bringing back uh, like oh, Fords are pitting here and Chevys are pitting here and and Toyotas are pitting here. It's sort of put the manufacturers against each other, which 
is kind of it's always been a thing, but it seemed like it's taken a backseat a little bit in the last few years, and it's they're bringing it back. I mean, watching some old school races, they're all about the Ford, you know, the first place Ford and the second place Chevy, and they're they're talking all all about the makes and stuff. And they brought that back for Daytona. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, as they were pitting like by manufacturer, like you know, yes, like Ford, exactly. Yeah, that was pretty cool yeah. actually. That was some old school stuff right there for sure. You know, that's how it happened for a while back in the day. The it, it appears as though over the last few years, they have really improved upon that restrictor plate aero package and what they can actually do. Like you still can't work alone, but with mm-hmm. whatever it's happened and it's happened on the big um, high bank tracks as well, that aren't restrictor plates is that side draft. And yes, they can even do employ that side draft to make a pass and to kind of get that, get the nose under somebody um, even on the restrictor plates where, where the air is weird. So. Yeah. And I just remembered to your point, um, the wreck that took out Jimmy Johnson was the one that Denny Hamlin caused. What are you trying to say, coach? I'm saying it, it, it's just been a great few weeks. If your name is Lizelle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, it's really interesting. I wasn't even thinking about restrictor plate races because they were racing over 200 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, oh, the cars are just running well. And I forgot completely that that's a restrictor plate track. I mean, there in uh, Talladega would be one. Yeah. You know, I is Talladega in the playoffs, by the way? Is that is that a playoff? I think so. Oh, outstanding. Um, but you're right. It was more about the racing and the drivers and what they could do yes. and who they could, than it was about the restrictor plate mm-hmm. race being a restrictor plate race, which I remember was always the story. Oh, well, this yeah. is how they have to drive because of the rules package. This is what it looks yeah. like because of the rules package. This is why they can't do this because of the rules package. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot. Did you, it was just a race. Did you notice that the rear spoilers were super high and they had that clear spot in there? Yes. Back? Yes. I, I know we had talked about it a while ago. Like We talked about it in Michigan. Yeah, oh, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, But I just, I remember seeing it again. I was like, oh, yeah, that's really cool that they can see through the spoilers. And that's part of the package that I think helps them, helps them draft up really quickly. Totally agree. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan, but watching William Byron, <laughs> Billy, win that race was pretty cool. I mean, a young guy you know, who basically, you know, surpassed, you know, the king, you know, of his, you know, of his stable, you know, and he's in the playoffs now. It's pretty freaking cool. Yes. You know? it is also- and driving the 24 too, that's a lot of pressure. It's also a yeah. great time if your name is Who Jimmy. used to drive the 24? A junior? 24, I think it was um, Chase Elliott. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. you're thinking of Bill Elliott. <laughs> no, no, no. Bill Elliott drove the nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the fact the fact that he had <laughs> Jack Wagon. He replaced Jeff Gordon <laughs> and he's in the playoffs is pretty what this is his third year? I think so. Yeah. And and I think their careers are kind of following a, a similar path. I think Jeff Gordon won uh quicker once he got to Cup but a little bit, but um I think he won in his second year. Yes, that's right. He won his second his, full year. Not in his yeah. rookie year, but the next year. Not in his rookie year. So, and Byron, was he a, was he a rookie of the year candidate last year? No, two years no. ago. Yeah, two years two ago, years okay, ago so. he didn't race that many races. Last year, that's he erased thing. everything, I think. 
So he won his first race in his second full season as well. Yeah. So that that's kind of paralleling, and they're about the same age. They're almost exactly the same age at their first wins. Um, well, and think about what he won is much steeper these days. Yes, it is. Yeah, but he also won at Daytona. Yeah. Well, um, won at Daytona with his teammate actively working against him. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. But he's been a factor in a lot of these tracks, and uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna have some more wins. I don't, I mean, I I think the days of a Jeff Gordon ninety three wins, you know, thirteen wins a season, or ten wins in a season, then thirteen the next season, or something like that. I think those days are probably not gonna happen. Although Harvick, have you uh, been Harvick paying attention Hamlin? to Kevin Harvick yeah, and Denny Hamlin this year? Yeah. Well, they <laughs> yeah, haven't won thirteen Hamlin. though. No, they're they're gonna win. I mean. They're what at six each or seven each, something like that. So they do have time to you get know, that double more, digit. But, like that will be a yeah. really big deal if somebody gets double digit wins in a season. That's I don't see that happening, but they pretty much exchange every other race. I mean, if not every third race, I mean, it's those those yeah. two and somebody else like a Keselowski will sneak in every now and then. Um, yeah, but yeah. So wow, we're entering the playoffs. Yes, How indeed. You feeling about that? I feel good. I feel like it's definitely the right time because mm-hmm. um, it's going to keep me watching. Yep. Like we've been watching a ton of races and it was super fun to get back into it. Um, and definitely uh, when there was a lot less going on, <laughs> it was a great uh, like distraction. Um, but as uh, you know, the school year starts and the the fall is coming and there's a lot more on uh, on everybody's plates. It's like, oh, do I still want to spend all these hours watching NASCAR? It's like, well, I have to now because it's the playoffs. Yeah, and a week from tonight, the NFL starts. You know, I'm a huge football fan, but I'm still going to follow NASCAR. I just, you know, got into this, man, and I love the sport. And, you know, football will go all the way through January probably, you know, unless something tragic happens. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested about the playoffs. I think things are going to be really good. Um, I think it's going to come down to probably three or four drivers. Um, you know, you're going to have your Joey Logano's, you're going to have your uh, Keselowski's, you're going to have your Kevin Harvick, you're going to have your Denny Hamlin. So, I mean, you know, I guess we'll see what happens going forward, but um, I think it's going to be good. Okay, I've got the uh, I've got the lineup right here, so. Oh, did they already, did they already, already Oh, and that was the other question I wanted to talk to you guys about since you're talking about lineup. How are you guys thinking about it? Because it seems like it's uh, we had some ish- thoughts about it before, about how the people who do better are going to be uh, up front and starting up front, and it's kind of kind of reduced the competition. And then uh, Harvick was a clown show at the road course, so that kind of evened things out a little bit. Um, but then uh, they've already got the the... Elliot, Chase Elliott wins the Bush Pole supposedly, um, <laughs> based on this fast wins. lap. But it's yeah, Chase Elliott, Hamlin, Byron, Bowman. I mean, I guess the uh, the restrictor plate changed up the fat who got the fast yeah. lap a little bit. But was that eh. the fast lap from last week? Right. It's 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 based on finish, fast lap, and owner points or something like that. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. Whatever. It's kind of a whatever, like you said, like, I guess they wanted to come up with this complicated thing where they have to do math to figure it out instead of just taking it and inverting the field or drawing a 
a ball out of the little hamster wheel, like the lottery, you know, like they yeah. would do at your short track, your, your local raceway. Yeah. But I guess that's yeah. NASCAR. They got to, it's sponsorship, well, right? It's like, uh, oh, it's true. the Bush yep. beer fast lap for glass race. And it's the uh, uh-huh. Marlboro cigarettes <laughs> points leader. And it's the, <laughs> the halfway point leader. And yeah, all, all these the yeah. cash all, for all, gold halfway leader competition. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I was up till 4 a.m. last night doing my crack research, <laughs> and I was doing some, doing some checking on I how things went in the past. I were researching crack. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I uh, went and did a check of um, standings the last four races, and I was actually pretty surprised because... Brad Keselowski won won a race. Eric Jones actually won at Darlington. That shocked me when I saw that. You know, I wasn't surprised when that Kevin Harvick get one. Yeah, Eric Jones won a race at Darlington. Like when was that? Three years ago. Oh, three ah. years ago. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. And the, I think the defending champion drives the... Uh, just saying. Anyway... Playoffs are coming. We've got Darlington. <laughs> Great track. We've got yeah, Darlington is one of my is as I say every year. It's my favorite track on the circuit. Uh, that or Martinsville. Now, it's a fast yeah. track. It's a good track. That track. Well, and I'm an Atlanta fan too, but uh-huh. Darlington's a really cool track. Yeah, I mean, just because you have to enter the first turn low and then you slide it up to the wall and then you kind of get on the gas, but. You bring it back down low on the off, and it's just an unusual line, and the the, the track's abrasive, and your tires wear out, and it's darling to um, stripes, and you got to yeah. keep going even with a little bit of scuffed yeah. up damage. Yeah, and you've got some great finishes and stuff, and and it's just yeah, it's just a great track. So um, I always I just love watching the cars just drive a fast lap around there anyway, because it seems like they're kind of on the verge of getting out of control, or at least they're just really sideways the whole time. So I like it. And after but, that is the Richmond night race. Yeah. And after that is the Bristol night race. Yes. So we've got, we've got some th- good races coming up. Um, yeah. It's I had a question. And then coach. it gets a little boring. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. I, here's my question for you coaches. So we got Darlington coming up on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Are any of the other series racing that track this weekend? Well, uh, let's have a look at the Darlington schedule. <clears throat> Uh, Sport Clips Haircuts seems like a not the right sponsor for these times, these challenging times, but that is Saturday um, <laughs> with the Xfinity Series. <laughs> Sports Clips. We're not open. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so then they have the Gander Truck Series on Sunday, actually, right before the Cup Series. So that will be... Uh, and they have Arca series, so they've got Xfinity, they've got Arca, and then they've got trucks, and then they've got the Cup race. Fantastic! This is a hell of a weekend. Reason I was asking is because there's going to be some rubber laid down before that race starts. I wonder what oh, that's yeah. going to do. I wonder what that's going to do to the drivers in terms of where you race. Are you going to continue to race up high? Or are you going to race down low? Are you gonna, is there going to be a combination of how that works? I mean, you know, because three races before them, they're going to have pretty good amount, unless it rains, pretty good amount of yeah. rubber laid down. 
Yeah, I think so. And here's a here's a fun thing. Um, the the Arca series apparently has a final practice at 5 p.m. Eastern, a qualifying at 7 p.m. Eastern, and then they run the race at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, so maybe Cowboys should join the Arca series. But that's amazing practice. that that series has practice and qualifying. Mm-hmm. And the others don't. Be honest with you, I like the fact that there's no qualifying for the Cup series. I just I just think it's yep. cool. You get off the truck, whatever you got is what you got. You know, it's like Saturday night racing. Yeah. You know, the series can have all that stuff and it can be on the same night because it is like Saturday night crazy. Like it doesn't cost a hundred thousand dollars every time you turn on a car and decide to run it on the track, right? It's yeah, true. They're just gonna keep the same stuff they've got throughout the whole yeah. thing. Like one set of tires. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you still do you still coach do you still have those uh the do you still have the um spots up for who's gonna do what? Where's Martin Truex Jr. at? Oh, you're talking about the the odds? Yeah, the odds, please. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, as Rob was uh, not surprised, uh, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick is three to one. Martin Truex is fifteen to two. Okay. Um, so not is seven point five to one, if you will. So who, he's, who, he's, who's three, four, five? So that's that's Truex. He's three, and then uh, Kozlowski is four, and then fifth is Kyle Busch. It drops that much after the top two. Yeah, top two, three to one, and then seven to seven point five to one, and then ten to one, and uh, for Kislowski and Kyle Busch. Wow, insane! It is insane. Um, who else do you want to pick? Uh, let's have a look at. Well, my boy Billy Byron's oh, on a hot streak. He's got the momentum. He absolutely has. He's actually been really good the last. How weeks. much do I make if I put down my uh, my hundred dollars on Billy Byron this weekend? Fifty to one. Yeah. So you make five thousand bucks. If you put down your hundred, might be worth it. Uh, uh, well, if, if that's the case, then you might pick on uh, Corey LaJoy, one thousand to one. No, because Corey LaJoy doesn't <laughs> have any momentum. He's not on a hot streak. That's that's just, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. What about Timmy Hill? This is my money, Coach. This is my money that I earned from my gerb. Are there uh, are there any Earnharts in this race? I don't know. No, but over the course of this weekend, there's got to be like six of them. <laughs> Some of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> the what was uh, so what was the point of your question about the rest of the lineup, Lizelle? Was there, I just, did I was, answer that? I was or? curious. I was curious as to who the top five were for this race because mm-hmm. it's clear that I mean, you know, the odds makers have set what they're thinking. They're thinking, you know, it's going to be Kevin Harvick and then everybody else. Yeah. You know, if you look so. at the stats for the last four races, it's slightly different. It's Kevin Harvick, number one, Brad Keselowski, number two, Eric Jones, number three, because of that one win, uh, Kurt Busch, number four, to your point about Bush brothers always being good here. And then finally, Danny Hamlin in the fifth. See how he uh, threw for it again? Past results. Yeah. See what I mean? And again? Yeah. Uh-huh. Not going to get me. I'm not even going to react when it happens. Okay. Well, since that's the point, uh, we're get. I think we're getting to picks. So shall I? Oh, pick? no. We are not getting to pick. Well, should we do picks? Yeah, let's let's do picks. Wait, we wait, got, wait, 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 what's 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 our, what's our order? Uh, it's me first, um, and I think we should do picks now because Rob has yeah. super important breaking news, yeah, and I want right. to get wanna everything out of the, the way. End. You're right. Yes. So Kevin Harvick is who I'm picking. There's no sane reason why I would pick anybody else. So uh, Rob is next. I will pick Danny Hamlin. There is no sane reason why I would pick anybody else. Damn it. Okay, Lizelle. And damn it. 
Uh, I, Trade I guess you I'll Denny pick, Hamlin if I can have two. <laughs> I'll trade um, you okay, a Denny I'm, Hamlin I'm, for a Truex Jr. and a Keselowski. Uh, I'm going, going to pick Brad Keselowski. I'm shocked. Not because I believe in him, but you already picked my guy. So, uh, yeah. I'll, I, I'll go with Brett. Well, hey, you know what? This has been a good year for me. Kozlowski could win. You know what? You blew it. You should. You know who's going to win. Kyle Busch is going to win. And you're going to be like, oh, I let Rob talk me out of picking the, my one true love. <laughs> okay. So we have our picks. All right. I can't wait for the super exciting news. Okay. Okay. What I have for you, gentlemen, is a press release. Oh, boy. <clears> hmm. <throat> Waltrip launches <gasps> two-time beer brand. <laughs> August 25th, 2020. <laughs> Today, Michael Waltrip, two-time champion of the Daytona 500, announced oh, the creation of a new brewing company based in Phoenix that bears his name. It wasn't the Waltrip you thought it was going to be, was it? No, it was because he was the one who had the drunk driving thing. So oh, yes. I was I was thinking it was gonna be Buffy. <laughs> oh <laughs> I continue. The Michael Waltrip Do you need to? <laughs> it, gets, it gets rough, buddy. The Michael Waltrip Brewing Company unofficially launched a portfolio of great tasting beers in late March, creating a quality beer brand that is also unmistakably fun like Michael himself. The beers will officially be available in several states starting in September under the brand name Two Time. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, it is his greatest accomplishment. Uh Uh-huh. All right. true. Yep. I'm thrilled to be able to bring my beers to the market, said Waltrip, wearing a Three Little Pigs costume. Two-time champion of the Daytona 500. We are making the styles of beer that I love to drink, whether I'm at the track, on the golf course, or just relaxing. It's going to be great to share my two-time creations with everyone. Uh. Oh my gosh! So um, who's, who's brewing this? Sideswipe brewing. <laughs> the tragedy continues. <laughs> great brands and great stories. The new two-time beer brand initially features a lineup of a blonde ale. The blonde is in quotes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> And this 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 is the best name of so it it's it is a blonde ale, but it's also called blonde because maybe it's not a blonde ale. Okay. The next uh, beer, speaking to Coach's point, because if you're someone who is on the record as having a DWI and is now starting a beer label, you definitely name your beer Checkered Past the <laughs> Coconut <laughs> IPA. Wait, what the a coconut? Coconut? A coconut? IPA? IPA called Checkered Past. 
Oh, and a little on the nose there. And you know they'll love this in Arizona. <laughs> Vamanos, a Mexican style lager. <laughs> Shut up. Oh my I gosh. <clears throat> With year round seasonal selections being added, each of these beers has a special story behind it and some clever and subtle references to racing. Two time. Brand is all about having fun and enjoying life, much like Michael Waltrip. We don't take ourselves seriously, but we're very serious about our beer, said Brian R. CEO of Michael Waltrip Brewing Company. Well, which is it, Michael? Brian? <laughs> is it we, <laughs> we don't take ourselves seriously or we do? We are dedicated to making better beer. Again, in quotes, because... <laughs> It's not really it's no, just no, no, no. better beer that beer drinkers can enjoy at their favorite spot or at home. We believe that a better life includes beer. Well, I can't argue with you there, Brian, CEO. Of so, so you, you go, you go and you get like a can of his brew. It's like Michael watched there wearing this giant sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> A little, a little cut out in his Michael Waltrip Napa like uniform the, with a Napa crossed out. He got the Michael and two time written. He's got taped the Michael on. Waltrip mustache. <laughs> the company, yeah, Sharpie mustache on the cutout, and then the uh, yeah, <laughs> the company chairman Jay Glenn Gross. Yes, he is. Said. I had to be a part of it. Well, he either said, I had to be a part of this, or he said, I had to be a part of this. <laughs> you can't help being attracted to our fun perspective Oof. being infused in the two-time brand. That's not a sentence. <laughs> Michael Walter Brewing Company. The Michael Walter Brewing Company was founded by motor racing icon and two-time Daytona 500 champion Michael Waltrip, along with longtime sports and entertainment executive Brian R. Sperber and entrepreneur J. Glenn Gross. Yes, he is. The company will be headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona. About wow. Michael Waltrip Brewing Company. Based in Phoenix, Arizona, Michael Walter Brewing Company is a premium brewing company that celebrates the enthusiasm and joy of better living of its founder, iconic motorsports champion, Michael Walter. That is also not a sentence. No, that's and also not true. He's not a champion. <laughs> He's motorsports champion, Michael Waltrip. It says it here in the press release, so it must be true. The company's Two-time brand is the result of Michael's quest to create better beers that are easy to drink, approachable, and filled with quality ingredients and brewed with craftsmanship. I can't believe for one second that any of that is true. <laughs> I believe for one second they said, we've got a bunch of cheap beer we need to move in Arizona. Do you want to put your name on it? And the tool that Michael Waltrip <laughs> said, you had me at sign here. He doesn't care. <laughs> Although, to be fair. Lizelle, you've been watching NASCAR a long time. I know you are familiar with both Daryl Waltrip and Michael Waltrip. Before 10 you seconds know, ago. Go back to Mark Martin running the Maxwell house car. You know, I, yeah, I go late 70s, early 80s, 90s. Yeah, I've been watching NASCAR for a long time. And in all yeah. of that time, 
of watching NASCAR. Did you know, was it evident to you that Michael Waltrip is on a quest to create better beers that are easy to drink, approachable, and filled with quality ingredients and brewed with craftsmanship? Has that been his quest? I, I mean, my response to that is uh, maybe, because certainly winning races wasn't his quest. Two times, Coach! Two times he won a race! Out of 700 starts, was that? I'll tell you what. Probably true. The <laughs> fact that he came in second in the race, I believe, I, it might have been the Firecracker 400, and I think Dale Jr. won it. Am I right mm-hmm. in saying that? Maybe, possibly. And Michael Waltrip was up on the car celebrating with him? Yes! That's exactly yes. right! He thinks he's a three-time! Loser! Loser! <laughs> So I have some interesting stats for you. Uh, looking at Michael Waltrip, he's actually won four races. <laughs> he is what? only counting the two times because he only two-time championed the Daytona 500. I mean, he two-timed this. Never mind. Yeah. Huh? Um, and the other two that he won, well, I guess, were Talladega or something. I don't know. Um, but one was a Talladega. Certainly then, it was the same car. Yeah, right. Um, and... Uh, yeah, between 2001 and 2003. Those are his four wins can, out of 784 races run over 33 years. Can you imagine the audacity <laughs> of Michael Waltrip the year after? Okay, he won the Daytona 500 because legend Dale Earnhardt died in the race. Okay, be careful. And the very next year, Dale Earnhardt's son wins the race. And Michael Waltrip, because he won on the day that the other dude died, had the audacity to drive into the grass area and climb up onto the car with this young man who is being vindicated after the very public and very talked about death of his father and wrap his arm around him and put his finger up, number one. What? I... What? Who is this man? <laughs> it was like Lee Greenwood there playing his guitar. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> I'm surprised. You know what? I'm gaining more and more respect for Dale Earnhardt Jr. Because... He didn't shove that man off of his car and give him the double birds on national television. What are you doing here? Go away. I'll tell you what. If I were his kids or Buffy, I'd be looking at that freaking divorce agreement going, hmm, maybe we need to make a little, make, make a few adjustments here since you're selling brew now. The company's flagship brand, Two Time. <laughs> is a high quality, fabulously refreshing, flavorful collection of better beers, aptly named after Washington's two time Daytona 500 victories. The variety of beers initially featured a lineup of blonde ale, a coconut IPA, checkered past, and a Mexican style lager. Checkered past! Vamanos! Seasonal and other new selections also are planned for this beverage portfolio. A Phoenix-based brewery and taproom tasting and... I'm sorry. Let me slow that down. 
a Phoenix-based brewery and taproom, tasting and lifestyle events, and distribution in other states are in development. Nope, I tried it a second time. Still not a sentence. <laughs> For more information, visit michaelwaltrebrewing.com, which I will. I will as well. Oh, my God. There's I a picture of there. Michael Waltrip right there. Definitely from 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Definitely right around DUI time. Yeah. And do you see on this on his shoulder there, there's their little uh, two-time thing that is not, it's Photoshopped on. They tried to match it, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's like totally superimposed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can play better golf all the time, but I can always drink better beer. Again, that is not a sentence. I can't play better golf all the time, but I can always drink better beer. What what does one have to do with the other? I don't. Whatever. Well, I think the. I, I mean, actually, I do know what. Is, yeah. Like I can try to play this golf game, or I can yeah. get completely blitzed on two time beer. Come on, everybody! Yep. <laughs> and then drive. A really, car. I can. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I'll drive myself <laughs> home. <laughs> Speaking of which. He has a video on the website called Beer Goggles. <laughs> oh, no. You're, you're kidding. <laughs> I'll play it now. Michael oh, it's season one. Okay, so we're gonna, for our audio <laughs> listeners, the ad starts with Michael Waltrip standing up on top of the car, cheering with his arms up in the air at a Daytona 500. Then it smash cuts to like a big executive desk, presumably <laughs> where now retired race car driver and CEO of this beer company sits. But there's a name plate on the desk like you would see in, in an 80s movie where you would go into like somebody's somebody's office. But it doesn't say Michael Waltrip. It says two-time brewing smash cut to a very crowded bar where a waitress holding a giant a, a round tray of overfull beers is trying to squeeze her way through the crowd in an effort to make sure that she gets as many COVID-19 contacts as possible <laughs> Smash cuts to a living room full of white people sitting around a very fancy hotel room. White carpets, white furniture, giant windows overlooking the city, drinking beer out of red solo cups. Smash cut to Michael Hawkman. Definitely 20 years after that first picture was taken. And definitely 20 plus pounds since then, holding up that nameplate. Mm -hmm. Like this. That's what I love about what we're doing. <laughs> I'm not drinking beer, I'm tasting beer. You get it? <laughs> it's like wine tasting. Everybody leaves North Carolina and goes to Sonoma to go wine tasting. <laughs> they do that in North Carolina, they're drinking, they're day drinking. But you go wine tasting and it's okay. Well, for the last few months, I've been beer tasting. And I think <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous. Uh, I'm guessing that Daryl and Stevie are like in the Bahamas somewhere 
with their phones turned off. <laughs> it continues. It's just more pictures of white people drinking in this very fancy hotel room out of red soda cups. I heard somebody order a two-time IPA. Smooth and tasty. We're now visiting (laughs) the members of this party. Very clearly actor slash models from whatever city this is. They're all very thin. They're all wearing big, thick glasses. And they're all sipping beer from a taster glass. This is very tasty. Oh, it's so refined. Crafty nose. It's good. It has a crafty nose. Smash cut to outside the hotel room in the alleyway. A woman wearing a gigantic fur coat standing near a garbage can holding a clear plastic cup with about two inches of head on it <laughs> dips her upper lip into the head and says, oh, that's tasty. Ooh, they've got more beers here. Oh, they got sure a hazy. Do. Look at that. And a slide job? A two-time slide job? What the f- <laughs> I mean... You gotta call your lawyer uh, after that one. <laughs> I- I've got a question for both of you. <laughs> yes? Are these commercials starting to air this weekend? This is the kind of commercial I think you will only see on MichaelWalterBrewing.com. First of all, checkered pass and slide job. Mm-hmm. Slide job can mean so many things. Checkered pass, dude. Yes, I'm a felon. Drink my beer. The best part of that that I maybe did not get across to you was in the fancy hotel room with all the like New York people who were like sniffing beer and pretending to like it. Michael Waltrip is sitting there with like a fat idiot with a plaid shirt and a trucker hat on. <laughs> what even they have a fishing pole in his left hand? I, I they they probably checked it at the door. And the girl was drinking a fat brew with like a two inch freaking inch head on it. And she like barely dips her little like top lip in it. Mm, that's all good oh my god man i've been trying to hype nascar for all my life and michael (laughs) waltrip comes and does this (laughs) god you feel you feel almost as betrayed as dale jr at his i wouldn't i wouldn't wouldn't show this commercial on the country network i wouldn't show it on cmt i wouldn't show it on come on man Really? Uh, that's amazing. Well, everybody, this that's has been track a Track Smack. Thank you all so much for watching Track Smack or listening to Track Smack this, this year. And uh, <laughs> we've had a good time bringing it to you. The playoffs are getting ready to start. And we will definitely bring you some more episodes as the playoff season continues. Eliminations. Yep. For Rob, for Coach, I'm Lizelle. Signing off.